are ways in which God's flourishing comes into our lives. We looked at it last week in Psalm 1 and 2. But you know that duty and habits are not opposed to delight. So he says, God, I delight in your word. Sometimes we kind of put those two differently. You know? God's got these rules, but they're not very, I don't feel very enjoyable. They don't feel very enjoyable, right? We kind of separate God's uh, ways and, and delight. Well, in fact, I want to let you know that duty and delight are actually the best of friends. They're buddies. They hang out a lot. Think of, think of it like this work and reward. Who really delights in going to work? But who likes the paycheck? Anybody? No. <laughs> one, one person, two people, okay. So there's a, there's a kind of sense of a duty, and, a, and then there's a, a delight. What about food and exercise and health? Yeah, it's you kind of got to eat the right foods, exercise, and then health is a delight. Some people are loving it, some people are not so sure. What about having a shower and smelling fresh? Yeah, it's a payoff. It's work and payoff. Now, some of you love showering. You just, I know in our family, sometimes you know, the shower's blocked up for 40 minutes or someone's just like draining all the water. There's no hot water left. So you may learn to delight in the shower, but it's good to smell nice as well, right? Feels good. What about sleep and functioning well? All the parents will know about this one. Who likes sleep? You know, you've, got to, you've got to engage in that process. And what happens? You, you feel, oh, there are a few people very excited about this. You feel very good at the, you feel much better once you slept. There's like a, a delight in it. Um, what about effort and time and relationships? You know, sometimes it feels hard to um, meet people and life gets busy and you don't, it's like, oh, are we re-? and making the time to spend with your wife, with family, with someone else. And we have some of our family here from over east. It wasn't cheap. Everyone had to get on a plane and get tickets and cars and places to stay. It's effort. It's hard. But what about the delight of being together, the enjoy, enjoying relationships? So Judy and delight are actually the best of friends. And the best version is when we learn to enjoy both of them. That there's something good in work itself. There's, those of you who enjoy showers, well done. You've, you've already reached, you've reached the next level. You're enjoying uh, both the process and the outcomes. You're doing well. And so we're looking this morning at delighting in God's Word. And uh, we want to do a quick exercise. So um, we're going to ask you to get out your phone. It's very unusual in church. We ask you normally to put away your phones. But get out your phone. And we're going to ask a few questions about delighting in God's Word. So there's a, a, a thing out there which you can scan. And this will, this will give you the answers. The answers are going to pop up here. Don't worry, it's anonymous. So we won't have your name underneath it, <laughs> but we'll, we'll just ask you a question, and then we'll see what the room feels. You can be very honest, so don't, don't fake it, Jay. You know, it's not, don't, do, um, don't do your best self, do your honest self, all right? Just give you a moment to get on there. Everyone, everyone sort of ready? All right. Give me a thumbs up, all right. Let's see what, all right, let's go to the first question. The first question is, what delights you more? A peaceful house all to yourself, or a visit with good friends? <laughs> We're going to see who's... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> if you're in the... Yeah, just choose one. <laughs> just choose one. Not all of us are as holy as you, Holly. We can't be both. We, we, we all... We're, most of us are broken. <laughs> Okay, so it seems most people want to be around friends, right? I think I'll, I'll probably on the first one, just to confess, <laughs> confess. <laughs> confess. 
Great. Do you, do you know what I mean by delight? You know, if you, for those of you who love being at home, like when I have a family of six and when, when, I'm, when the house is empty, it's like, ooh, good times. <clears throat> uh, I, love, I love people as well. I love having friends around. But some people really delight when they, when they have the opportunity to have friends. All right, next, should we go to the next question, Joel? Oh, okay. What delights you more, snuggling up with a good book or being in the great outdoors? <laughs> hard choices, hard, hard choices. Oh, the great outdoors, look at that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Still going, whoa, there are. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Again, there's a sense of joy or delight when you, when you do get out. I know we, we were up in Exmouth during our sabbatical, and that was really great, getting out into the, into the great outdoors. But it, again, it was effort, you know, to sort of load the kids in the car, pack things, make sure we had water, forget something put sunscreen on everyone. It was just hard. Um, I'm not asking for sympathy. It's fine. <laughs> My trip to Exmouth was beautiful. <laughs> Great delight. <laughs> okay, so delighting is something we kind of, you don't need to be taught to do it. You either just do it or you don't, right? It's kind of, you, you know what you're delighting. Let's, let's look at what we're talking about this morning, delighting in God. So maybe the next question uh, for us there. Reading the Bible is a delight a task I appreciate, a burden, or not something I do. <laughs> so remember, it's anonymous, so you, know, you won't know. <laughs> We're not posting the results with your names anywhere. Right. A task I appreciate, burden, not something I do. Oh, there you go. Cool. Right, so you get, we're good spelling there. So if you've, you, you're not alone. In every category, you're not alone. Just relax. <laughs> you, you, have, you have some friends. <laughs> and uh, Bible seems like, um, can we learn to delight in God's Word? And that's a great question. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we learn? Imagine if, imagine if delighting in God's Word felt like a long walk on the beach. Felt like a huge buffet. Have you ever been to a buffet? Don't, don't you just get happy straight away? <laughs> Imagine, that's what God's Word is like. You know, if you think of it as a burden, uh, it has a certain vibe about it, right? And you sort of don't want to get to it. God's Word is actually an incredible buffet He's given to us. It's a delight. Move on to the next one. Got a few more questions. This is, just, oh, this is sort of piggybacking of us. I read my Bible most days, two to three times a week, sometimes... Only in a crisis. <laughs> yes, only in a crisis. There you go. Rarely, if ever. Right. All right. Sometimes, most of the day. That's great. This is just to help you see in the room again. You have friends, right? If you if you think you know, I'm the only one who doesn't like read God's word seven times a day, just delighting. You, it's okay. There's some holy people, about ten of them. <laughs> the rest of us, like we're here. You know, it's great. Well, it's okay. If you want, for the holy people, we can put your names up, maybe. I don't know how to do that if you, if you want the credit. Right. <laughs> the next one. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> Engaging with God's word is, just give us one word, what you, what, what you think, like, what, what comes to mind? <clears throat> Being honest again. <laughs> Fruitful. Oh, good. Peaceful. Beautiful. Right. 
Okay, I think we're going to end up on two pages here by the looks of it. Challenging, challenging. Few people with challenging. Beautiful, beautiful. Confusing. Hard. Puzzling, confusing, similar. Great. Again, we just see there's like lots of responses, right? You, you, some people find it difficult, confusing, but it's, some people find it easy or um, delightful. Wonderful. Again, you're not alone. Sometimes confusing. There you go. Not always confusing, sometimes confusing. All right, should we go, should we go to the next one? Let's go to the next one. We've got two more, so we're just trying to keep you thinking. I told you you had to do some work this morning. To me, the Bible is a complete mystery. <laughs> Mostly confusing and unclear, helpful but a little bit confusing, easy to understand and enjoy, crystal clear and glorious. Where are those holy people? Where are they? There you go. There they are. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great. Cool. So a lot of, most people sit in that zone there, right? Helpful but sometimes confusing, right? Crystal clear and glorious. The holy people seem to be decreasing in number. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I'm just, if you put yourself there, that's fine. Don't, I'm, not, I'm just teasing you, all right? I think, we'll leave, I think we'll leave it there. I know there's one more question, but I think we've kind of explored the dynamic of the room and, and got there. <laughs> What's that? Oh. See, I didn't have full control over this situation. <laughs> Delicious. There you go. Oh. Yeehaw, glorious. Oh, Eric. Ch oh, no. <laughs> there's a lot more holy people in this church than I thought. Look at that. Heaven on earth. There you go. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> Next station, please. So there still are some sinners here. Next, yeah. <laughs> Why is my name very big? <laughs> Brian, what are you doing there? <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, God have mercy. Oh. All right, let's try and move through some content, and then uh, we're going to get you to read Psalm 23 and do some work on it. But um, thanks for doing that. God's meditating on God's Word. In Psalm 1, it says this. It says, but my, his delight is in God's law, and on his law he meditates day and night. He, uh, the psalmist links meditating and delight together. There's something about absorbing God's Word that slowly leads us to delight. I love even Ruby's testimony. You know, sometimes I just really don't like doing it. I don't feel like engaging it. But over, then I saw all this fruit. I saw, oh, wow, my own heart's changing. Some other, some other hearts are changing. Meditating leads to delight is how the psalmist put it, puts it. Uh, we don't delight in God's Word and because probably we don't meditate on it um, very well or very often. Study can help us with this, but think of God's Word in this way. God's given us these rules, all right? Now, that immediately, I can see, like, panic attack. You know, when you say rules, everyone's like, I don't want rules. Rules are actually, or God's Word, or God's ways, are His goodness to us. Think of it like this. In any relationship, rules are helpful. Rules actually enhance our relationships. So, um, I'm, I have children, and when I say, don't scratch the other children's eyes. That's a rule. Now, why, that doesn't seem 
that seems helpful, right? That's actually a good thing because there's less bleeding eyes, there's less crying, there's all these sort of benefits that come from the rule. <laughs> Rules are actually God's goodness to us. Now, you think about God who's good and perfect, so when He gives us His commands, they are actually good. Which commands are unloving and, un and not good? If they come from the very nature and character of God, they're all good. They're all for our good and benefit. It doesn't mean we under understand them all. My kids don't understand that. But I like scratching the eyes. I want to do it. I feel the rage. I need to. You might, yeah. Sometimes we're just like little children. But I, God, I don't understand why you said, I, I feel inside. I have such strong feeling. I want to. And so we elevate our feelings to like kind of, that's the good idea. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, it's not. God's rules are His goodness to us. His ways are His goodness to us. Um, and so, as we, but as we adore God, as we see God, as we meditate upon Him, we see, behold His beauty, it actually become, He becomes more beautiful and more glorious. And we don't obey purely just from a moralistic point of view. You know, it's like, oh, just do the rules. But suddenly we begin to see goodness in them. Oh, my brother's eyes aren't bleeding anymore because I didn't scratch them this week. He can see. It feels so good. It feels so lovely. There's less yelling in the house. Sorry, I'm just giving all my personal examples. It feels like peace has come. Joy has come into this home. It's goodness has come. And so we begin to delight in following God's ways. Because we see the beauty of beholding Him, it becomes a great joy. And that's why James, in the book of James, says that we look into this law that brings liberty. God's word to us, brings us into liberty, not into bondage. It's the very opposite of our fear. We think, oh, if we submit to God, we'll be under His control. James says, no, when we come into God's ways, we actually come into more freedom. We come into liberty because it's how God made things to work. Going back to the example of rest, if we never rest, we never refreshed, we burn out and we are wither away, right? It's goodness and health and wholeness to us to walk in God's ways. And so through beholding, we joyfully follow God's ways and we become more like Jesus. Beholding Jesus is our highest delight. That's how you delight in God's word. You behold Jesus. <clears throat> Have you ever had the joy of communicating with someone? God's word is just God communicating with us reaching us, speaking to us. The joy of communicating with someone. We have a family WhatsApp on Sunday nights, first Sunday of the month, and you get to see all the faces that you haven't seen for a month, and you get to communicate with them. There's kind of a joy in doing that. There's a joy in seeing other people. If you've ever been in a long-distance relationship, you have that joy of when they actually turn up. I won't mention any names, because some people are in that right now, and they had girlfriends turning up in this church just last week. It was so joyful to see. It's like, wow, we get to communicate, we get to talk to each other. And I remember uh, when I was dating Anna, maybe I shouldn't say Anna's mum's here this morning, I might be careful now. But I was dating Anna and, and they lived in the north and we lived in the, in the, I lived sort of more in the center of the city and I would drive up there to see her at night and sometimes I didn't have money and I'd put the last two dollars of petrol in to drive up there just to communicate and see her and then drive back and then we'd figure out tomorrow, tomorrow. You don't care. You just want to do it, right? It's the joy of, of being with that, communicating with that person. Imagine if we approach God's Word with that sense. It's us communicating with God. It's like a date. <laughs> it's like sitting down to a buffet and a date with God. 
Uh, sign me up. <laughs> That's much more delightful, much more beautiful. I want to encounter and learn about God. Of course, it does need, it does require some work, yeah? It requires a bit of work. Um, I had to get in the car and drive all the way there. It took about 20 minutes. Re- required a bit of sacrifice, actually. The last $2 was gone. <laughs> only, stu- only some students will remember these, these moments. It requires a bit of something uh, input, but the joy and the delight of it is incredible and glorious. Now, it depends how you see it, right? If you see it as some kind of burden and duty and something that's not valuable, think about this. This is an opportunity where God has revealed His Word. He has put Himself there and shown us Himself. You get to engage with Jesus. Is there any more delightful thing to do? Is there anything more beautiful and more glorious? God spoke His Word. 1 John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and that's Jesus. It says, And the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen Him. We have seen His glory. Genesis chapter 1 says, God spoke. It says He spoke. That's how God first chose to bring about the creation. That's a big topic, but just very simply put, God spoke, and then it was. It came into being. He formed it by His Word, by His speaking. He spoke, and the heavens came into being. Evolution agrees with this. Do you know that? It's like a big bang idea. God spoke, and it happened. Before God, there was no time, nor space, nor matter. God is outside of time, space, and matter. And He spoke, and time came into existence, space and matter came into existence. In order to ever understand God, you cannot do it because you exist in time and space and matter. You know you have a, a brain, very small, it's only, what is it, three pounds, doctors help me out, Two, one and a half kilos, something like that, of the gray matter. <laughs> it's not very impressive. <laughs> we think it is. It's contained within time and space. God spoke that into existence. To ever understand God, you'd have to exit time and space. And so you reach a a, a limit where you cannot do that. God is beyond all of that. And I say all that because this is the very reason that God had to show us who He was. We could never have figured it out for ourselves. Whatever your brain could come up with, that would be a terrible version of God. If there's no more mystery, if you understood it, because you simply do not understand outside of time and space and matter, you could, it would always be a terrible version. And so once you lock God down in your brain, you've destroyed Him, in a sense. You, know, you have a false God. You're worshipping something that's not really God. So God spoke the world into existence, and then He revealed Himself primarily in the person of Jesus, God's Word. Chiefly and authoritatively in Jesus. And Jesus said that He was the Word of God. Jesus affirmed that the Scriptures were God's Word. That's a a huge statement. Imagine Jesus arriving saying, I am God who created all things, and I am the fullness of God's revelation of Himself. It's crazy talk unless He is God. And primarily, Jesus shows us who God is. And primarily, that's in the Scriptures, right? It's genius to put it into a book. 
Because imagine if it wasn't in, a, in the scriptures. What would we say? We'd all just, everyone would be using their little gray matter to work out different versions. There'd be no, no authority. There'd be no uh, reality. We'd all just make up our own versions. God's given us this incredible book. And Jesus, it says at the end, I don't know if you know that scripture in Revelation, where it says Jesus coming back, and it says his name is the Word of God, and then it says on his thighs written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the, there's your uh, biblical, uh, biblical um, version of tattoo, right? You want a biblical reference for tattoos? Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, written on his thighs. The Word of God coming back to rule and sustain all things. I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. You work it out, tattoos. <laughs> We don't want to have a debate about that. But Jesus is God's word coming back, and he is glorious. He is the word of God. And so this word reveals Jesus to us, who is the bread of life. It's so glorious. We get to sit down at the buffet of God's word and interact with God himself. Think about that statement. Sitting down with God's word is interacting with God himself. It's his word to us. It's so glorious. All right. So I'm going to move through a couple of habits, forming things which may help us, and then we're going to ask you to read Psalm 23 and do a couple exercises. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ, God's word, dwell in you richly. It dwells in us richly. Dwell, there's the habits, you know. You dwell somewhere if you loiter. Anyone, anyone had someone dwelling at their house? They're just around the whole time. <laughs> it's just constant and annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you dwell. You dwell with Christ's word. That's, that's a good habit to have, yeah? <laughs> dwell. And it says you dwell there. Let it dwell in you richly. Let it become a source of great joy, great richness to you. God's word becomes richer and richer as we dwell upon it. And we form habits some helpful practices. Number one, I call it simply reading it. Just read it. Read it. If you've never read it before, start in the Gospels. Just read it. Simply read it. That's the greatest uh, advice I can give you. <laughs> Just read it. Read whole books at a time. It was meant to be in whole books. Uh, read like, you know, the book of James, five chapters. It doesn't take long to read. Just read it in whole books. That's a great idea. Read, work towards consistency. If this is something good, do I, really, is, do I really believe it? So um, I know we, we tried the habit of Sabbath, which is resting, just taking a time to cease and be with, be with God. It took us a couple of years to even like it because <laughs> we were like, man, it seems so boring. We just got to stop and do this. But we, we believe, no, this is a source of God's goodness. So this is good. We need this. We, this is God's goodness. This is God's ways. Let's cease. And, and learn that things aren't dependent on us. The world carries on without us. Let us pause, enjoy each other, enjoy God. Let's, and slowly we've learned to do it better, and we can see it sifting into our lives. There's, there's goodness coming into our lives as it starts to filter into the other days of the week. It's like, oh, I'm actually at peace. I actually don't, not the world doesn't depend on me. It's okay. God's got this. Same with God's Word. It's a habit that we delight in because we know it's good. And so sometimes you might feel like, oh, I struggle with my consistency. Like Ruby said, like many of us said, that's okay. It's something that's good. Engage with it. Work towards consistency. All right, and then I've got a couple of things to avoid, all right, when, when using God's Word. All right, here we go. These are, these are a few things to avoid, and then I'm going to ask you to read Psalm 23. So when reading God's Word, a couple of things that are good to avoid. Number one, what I call the random, random approach. <laughs> Random approach, what does, that, what does that mean? It's just mean, it's all good, I'll just flip somewhere, just have a look and see, just 
you know, read whatever, as the Spirit leads. Sounds very spiritual, right? Just wherever God leads me. You know, the Bible wasn't written like that, so that's why it's unhelpful. If you've ever read any book, do you ever just flip to a page and read a page, come back the next day, flip to a different page, read that? Is that helpful? Imagine, you know, studying for exams like that. You know, every, every day, who you teaches, is that what you tell your students? Just read a page, any page you want, uh, and we'll give you an exam at the end and see how you go, see what you've learned. Probably not much. The Bible was written in place. So read, don't just randomize it. Read, great, like read a whole book. It's great. It's, there you go. Free advice. The teachers are loving me right now. All right. Don't give the Bible less respect than you give to other books. Just read it as in, in a second, and then you're learning. Number two, fortune telling. <laughs> who, knows, who's, who knows that one? Anyone done that? Yeah, there are a couple of hands done that. Fortune, fortune tell. I need a word. I need a sign. Uh, and just flip over and try and find, just quick, keep reading until you find, find the right answer. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, let me not even give an example. But we can use it like that, you know. Um, we're just trying to suck out a word because we, we need some kind of answer, quick answer from God. You know, God's will is to transform us into His image, to become like Jesus. God's Word shows us Jesus, and we see Him there, and our hearts are transformed as Ruby described. We become different. That's what God's doing. Don't stress the rest. Use wisdom. Ask God to speak to you. The Holy Spirit does guide us. But we don't use the Bible as a, as a magic eight ball, right? Need, no, I need a word. Number three there, the emo- emotional fix-me-up. Um, what's my need? I feel anxious. You know, what am I going to fl- go to Philippians Philippians, who knows that one? Who's used that one? Don't be anxious about anything. Put it on the fridge. Put it on the car. Get, you know. I need an emotional boost. I, feel, I don't feel um, beautiful today. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, these are all truths, but the approach can be that, well, I'm tired. Oh, God, God gives rest to those, who love, to those who love Him. God grants sleep to those who love Him. I use that one often. Um, I need to feel a little bit better. And so it's like God's, source, God's Word is just a kind of emotional source of, I come here to fulfill, my, get my emotional needs just pepped up a little bit. I think it's an unhelpful way. I'm not saying those scriptures aren't true, but if that's your approach, it's like you just go to the Word of God to get an emotional pep-me-up, it's not going to minister to you long-term. And what you'll find is you have new emotions the next day, or the same ones, or deeper ones. God's Word does speak to our emotions, but it's not how we come to God's Word. And the next one is favoritism, which is you just uh, picking and eating. So if you come to that buffet, if you've been to a buffet before, yes? Remember the buffet? You could go straight to the dessert section and just spend the whole night there. I've done that. <laughs> but it's not, it's not a good idea, right? God's Word is complete. It's given to us. So just avoid uh, making picky offerings. So you only read, oh, just the Psalms. They're very lovely. You just read those all the time. Or well, I like, I like the Gospels. Jesus is so nice. I'm just going to read those all the time. And he's not that nice, actually, in the Gospels. Sometimes he gets very, very, very intense, very full of, uh, of um, God's uh, word and rebuke to people, even. But anyway, read the Gospels. You'll find it. It's there. <laughs> so favorite parts. Avoid, uh, avoid just favorite parts, but challenge yourself to spend time in all, all of it. And then simply reading was the, is the next one that I think I've got. Or not reading. Sometimes, you know, we, we just don't read it because we've heard enough sermons or we've been a Christian for more than 10 years, and we go, oh, it's okay, I just don't, I won't read it. 
Honestly, I think I've been there. Anyone ever done that? Going, oh, I, I sort of know everything. I know everything. I've heard enough. Ser I've heard sermons on all the topics. I don't read God's word. Avoid uh, falling into that kind of framework where you just think you've, you don't need to read it. All right. And then the last one, what I call op shopping. Uh, I know there's op shoppers in our midst, so I'm not having a go. But <laughs> op shopping is, <laughs> op shopping is uh, second secondhand stuff, right? You know, secondhand stuff. <laughs> I like secondhand things. Op shopping is secondhand things, but what happens is uh, with the, the access to podcasts, access to sermons online, even Insta, you know, you get your one-liners from Insta. Um, there's so, so much thing, or, or now they've got, what do they call, shorts, right? You get a, you get a seven-minute sermon from someone, seven-minute emotional pep-me-up. Op shopping is just drawing on everyone else's secondhand knowledge, you know, or hearing, you know, John Papa said this. And then you have, you know, Beth Moore quoted John Piper saying this about the Bible. Or you could read the Bible for yourself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not against all that. I'm just saying that if that's the sole consumption of your scriptures is, is op shopping, uh, getting secondhand stuff from everyone else, I don't think, I think just go cold turkey for a couple weeks or a month or something. I just, re just don't stop all that. And that's all good. Commentaries are good. It's all helpful. Don't, don't send me hate mail after this about your favorite sermon podcast, whatever it is. But uh, op shopping, I want to encourage you just to uh, avoid op shopping as it's as the only source of way you engage with God's word. All right, and all of these all of these kind of uh, unhelpful ways only stem from one thing: we want the Bible just to tickle our hearts in some way and prep our hearts. We have a kind of a heart need. You know, the Bible says that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. Don't trust your heart. <laughs> uh, don't do it. <laughs> your hearts. Wants, wants things that you don't even know about. And so we have to rather be transformed, Romans says, by the renewing of our mind. Transformation doesn't happen through the heart. It doesn't happen through your preferred desires. Transformation happens through the mind to the heart. If you're struggling in your heart, which can lead to struggling in your emotions, honestly, I don't think we're transformed primarily through our emotions. We, we speak God's word to our emotions. We, we engage with his word. We're transformed through the renewing of our mind in God's word. And that shapes our hearts, shapes our minds, shapes um, our decisions. All right, so transformation is through the mind into the heart. All right, thank you. You've been very patient. And, and I want to ask you to do one more exercise. If you have a phone, you can grab it out and get a blank document on there. But I do have the actual documents here, so I can hand them out if you prefer pen and paper. And what I'd love to do is just give you an exercise in reading God's Word. So Psalm 23, if you have a Bible, or, uh, or if you have... Um, uh, thanks, Holly. There's some papers there. So I want to get you to do two, uh, two exercises quickly. The first exercise, just read through Psalm 23 and answer these uh, three, three or four questions. See how they are? I think we've got them on there. There you go answer these questions. This is just to give us a, a, a way of engaging with God. When we read God's Word, he has some great questions. And if you struggle, if, if you've maybe in the, in the beginning we said, some people said, oh yeah, it's, it's always confusing or partly confusing or unhelpful or I find it hard to engage with, write these four questions down and just read a text and ask these questions. It'll just help you draw into God's Word and kind of maybe illuminates them. You won't understand everything all the time, but these are questions that will help you get there. And so 
Maybe if we can just take, uh, maybe I think it'd be great to do it in groups. So maybe if you could just get into a group of three or four, read it together and answer these questions. What, what do you notice? What do you think its meaning is? And you don't have to get it all perfect. I'm sure there'll be various answers. Um, and you, everyone will notice something slightly different. What, what should I do with that word? It's just responding to it. Yeah? What should I do? And how does this show me or reveal Jesus? All right. Does that make sense? Any questions? Yeah. So let's do. So this is now your chance to just do the work. Gra grab a group, three or four, and read Psalm 23 and do that little exercise together. All right. Let's bring it, bring it back from over. Now we w we won't have time to sort of go through everyone's answers. Others will be here all day. <laughs> but maybe just let's maybe just those of you who are brave uh, yell out a couple. What what did you notice? Anyone what, had an idea they noticed? Something that stood out to them? Great. So these are great questions, and you you don't have to have all the answers. Just to get you thinking, and it, and it gets you thinking. Oh, why is it my? The Lord is a shepherd. Well, but the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, God loves me. God is looking after me. And you begin to think about, if you, if, if you know other parts of the scripture where Jesus says that he's the chief shepherd, he leaves the, the hundred, uh, the 99 to go and fetch the one. It's, kind of, it's very beautiful. And, and we can work out, any, any other thoughts? Any other something you notice? Which, or somehow you saw Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Great. And that's what we're doing. When so these are if you just have these write these questions in the inside of your Bible, whenever you read, just ask these three simple questions. Because it it just gets you engaging with the word, kind of going pushing deeper. Now I'm gonna ask you to do a second exercise with the exact same psalm. All right. And this is just a different set of questions. And just to say, well, I'm coming back to the psalm. It's a well known psalm, right? I think most of you would have known this psalm before. That's why, that's why we chose this one, because it's kind of well-known, but you can still see how God um, meets you in this, in this psalm. Uh, you can just literally read it without even asking. Just enjoy its beauty. But let's do it again in the same groups and ask. These, these questions come from a guy called Jeff van der Stolt, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter. They're just great questions. <laughs> um, so maybe read it again and then ask these questions of the text. Who is God? Like, what do you notice about who God is? What's it describing or about God or Jesus? Uh, what is God doing? What's he done? What, what's his activity or what's, what's happened? What has God done? And who am I in the light of that work? You know, like, wh what does this mean to that? I gave a little bit away because I said, like, I'm loved. <laughs> yeah. And then what sh how do I respond or how can I live in the light of that? Right, so I want to do it again and just read it again and notice with fresh eyes and uh, with fresh questions and we'll spend five minutes doing that in our groups again and see how that goes. Com make sense? Good? Yeah. Some of you look worn out. It's like, oh, I just answered four questions. I can't, I can't possibly do anymore. Well, welcome to church. We said you would have to do a little bit of work today. <laughs> if, you, if you'd like to afterwards. Did, um, did that change anything? Did, uh, did, you, did different questions help you see something different? Yeah? Any, any Jenny, any thoughts? Do you want to share uh, something you noticed? <laughs> Great. Look, I hope you've been encouraged this morning. A few things that we just believe about God's Word. That, that's fundamental. Do we actually believe that this is God's Word? 
and it reveals Jesus to us. If you haven't settled that, you need to wrestle through that because you won't delight in this if you don't believe that. So I encourage you, one, that's the starting point. You, it's, uh, you, know, um, you can't delight in this unless you believe that. But God's Word is a delight to us because it's how we, know, how we draw near to God. Through it, we, we are able to draw near to God. We, we see Jesus more. There's, lots, there's work, there's duty. Remember how we started? There's duty and delight, but they're actually, it's a good thing. The best version is when, you, when your duty becomes your delight, right? So going to this, it's like, wow. And, and, uh, and there's a testimony. Many, I think, in this room have that testimony that God's Word has become an absolute... Going to this Word is not a, not a duty, but it's, a, it's a, du- a delightful duty, let's put it that way. It's a, something glorious and beautiful. Again, you saw on the graph, you're not alone. There's many people who, who struggle and it doesn't seem clear. That's fine. In, engage in a journey of, of getting to know and learning to delight in this Word. There's plenty of resources and tools, and you, you can't do it using some of those methods I said earlier, you know. <laughs> Woo, reading in, in any order you want. There are some ways, and, and if you want some help with that, we're happy to chat, but um, there's plenty of resources around that. But let's delight in God's Word um, because, we have, because through it, we have fellowship with Him. Through it, we, know, we meet Jesus, who is God's Word. Let's stand together and we're going to do communion and close. And I'd love to read the scripture that we started with that Michaela read for us as we close. And let's just come down and partake in communion. Jesus, the bread of life. This communion is us remembering that Jesus is the, is the bread of life who gave himself for us. If you believe in the resurrection of Jesus, that he rose in bodily form and, and believe in him, that He forgives our sins, He washes away our sins. This meal is for believers who partake in this to remember that He is the one who washes away our sins and He is the bread of life and uh, He is the one in whom we delight. As we come down this morning, let's remember Him, delight in Him, ask Him to reveal Himself more and more to us.